Back to Genesis in chapter number 35, and we'll be thumbing back in Genesis just a couple of chapters and hitting a couple of highlights as we continue with this sermon, which I've entitled Back to Bethel, Back to Bethel. And the life of Jacob is an interesting study. When you get into the Word of God, some Bible characters burst onto the scene, and we really don't find out a whole lot about them. One of my I guess favorite Bible characters that we don't know a whole lot about is uh, Shamgar. Uh, and how many know who Shamgar is? Uh, well, Shamgar, uh, there's one place in the Bible, and it says that Shamgar uh, slew a bunch of Philistines, paraphrasing there, uh, with an ox goad. Uh, and that was it. Uh, and uh, all about him. And I remember being in, in high school, uh, Christian high school, and challenged uh, to find Shamgar uh, in one of our chapel services. And so obscure, there's just not much to say about him. But that's not the case with Jacob. Uh, his life is detailed uh, in the Bible so that uh, we can really get to know him. And so we know about his birth and uh, his, his youth, his manhood, his dreams. Uh, we read about the dreams that he had uh, early on as well uh, as uh, a little bit later, just a few chapters here before, which we talk about being Jacob's ladder uh, and uh, the dream and uh, vision that he had. Uh, we know about his deceptions. Uh, and uh, his old age, we know about his death, we know about his name change and who he was and, uh, and, and how that goes into the story of Joseph and the picture of Christ uh, in the Bible. So uh, the Bible really gives an unretouched, uh, uh, lack of filters uh, view uh, of uh, Jacob's life. Uh, he was both good and bad. Uh, he was a cheater, uh, he was a liar, uh, a deceiver, a schemer, a swindler, uh, and, uh, but at the same time, uh, he wrestled uh, with an angel of God and pleaded for a blessing. And uh, in our text this morning, uh, we find him uh, cleaning out uh, his house uh, and, uh, of evil uh, and preparing to get back to Bethel, uh, which for him was to get back to God. Uh, he had gone a long ways uh, in his departure from God and from his original time in Bethel, uh, that he was there. This is now 30 years later. 20 years of that uh, was the whole Leah and Rachel uh, shenanigans uh, that we read about in the Bible and the trickery. And so there's a part of me when I look at Jacob's life and, uh, and, uh, uh, and being cheated uh, where obviously there's a lot of sowing and reaping. Uh, he kind of had it coming uh, in many respects. Uh, but he also was stuck where he was uh, for, you know, no fault uh, of his own uh, in, uh, you know, that part, although he's reaping and sowing. Uh, and so for 20 years, he dealt with all of that. But for 10 years after that, he really pitched his tent uh, and, uh, in a place where he shouldn't have. Uh, and because of that, um, God dealt very harshly uh, with him uh, and, uh, in his life. And, uh, and if I don't really spend a whole lot of time on it this morning... Um, let me just put it this way, uh, the I'll do it my way, halfway obedience uh, of Jacob brought tragedy, uh, and it does the same thing in our lives today. Um, God wants us all in. He doesn't want us halfway. He doesn't want us lukewarm. Uh, he, he wants us in or out, uh, and, and if you think that you can just uh, wander around in life with one foot in heaven and one foot in hell, uh, and, uh, and just doing things your way, uh, and there not be consequences for it, uh, you're sadly mistaken. 
I, I, you know, I'm thankful uh, that God, uh, number one, God never changes, all right? So there's some things I'll kind of point out in passing uh, in this passage of Scripture about an unchanging God. Uh, God is the same. Uh, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is an unchanging God. He's immutable. It's part of His character. He doesn't change. Uh, and uh, so there's some kind of like side notes that I'll just kind of like hit you with as we go through here, uh, and you can do with it uh, what you please. Uh, however, he is, uh, he is a God that never changes. Uh, and when we read the Old Testament and the stuff that went on uh, and how God judged in the way that he did, how he set men apart as judges uh, to give the word of God, but uh, to also be the hand of God in justice, uh, their entire nations uh, that were wiped out uh, in the judgment of God. Uh, God, as he uh, as a loving God, and a, he's also a holy God, and he's a just God. And, and I'm thankful I've said it a million times, and I'll say it again. Uh, if, if myself uh, or you uh, lived in that day, not a one of us would last one day. We just went, we're rebellious. Uh, we, don't, we don't follow the Lord answer. We've got so much. We have way more knowledge of God and who he is and what he's done. Uh, redemption. We've been saved by grace. Uh, we don't have to keep the law. Uh, there are so many, many things uh, that we are further along with and know more about uh, that we really have zero excuses. We don't anyways. Uh, but we wouldn't last like one day under the Old Testament economy, spiritually speaking, uh, because we're just sinners bent on doing wrong. Uh, and, uh, and if God dealt with us uh, the way that he dealt with people in the Old Testament, uh, it, I'd be preaching to an empty room this morning. Some of you are still sleeping. No, I would be dead too, all right? Uh, and uh, are you with me? Say amen. amen. Pay attention. We'll get done here uh, in a little bit. If you're not paying attention, I just got to go longer to make sure all my points uh, get across. So he had been to Bethel. Uh, he had seen the Lord in a way that changed his life, uh, but time and distance had taken a toll on him. And I believe that it has for many Christians. It's like, you know, the new car smell of your salvation has worn off. Uh, it's become old hat. You just kind of go through the motions, show up to church, you know, sit, listen, sometimes even disengage like some of you were a moment ago, uh, and, uh, and check out and, and off to whatever it is uh, our life has for us uh, for the rest of the day and for the rest of the week. He had gotten away from the Lord uh, and in, it, it was involved in all sorts of difficulty. Now God orders him back to Bethel uh, and to get him back to the, the place of blessing. And you can think back briefly, uh, if you would, to the time that you got saved, when you were born again. Uh, burdens, we sang a song, Burdens Lifted at Calvary. Uh, that's how it was with me. When I got saved and I realized that I was a sinner saved by grace, that God had done that for me, uh, there was a great uh, burden lifted. Uh, I'm thankful for salvation, uh, and, uh, and at that time, I couldn't get enough of my Bible, couldn't get enough of church. Uh, I, I remember uh, when I, I got uh, at Goodwill, uh, my first suit uh, to wear to church, it was like probably six sizes too big for me, uh, in a brown pinstripe, probably from the 70s. This, I got saved in the 80s, so it was probably a 70s-style uh, suit. Uh, and uh, how many of you got some of those in your closet? Uh, all right. Uh, and uh, you probably break them out again. They're cool uh, now. Uh, and, uh, but they weren't cool in the 80s. But man, I, I was just so proud to wear it and go to church. 
Because um, God had saved me. And, uh, but over the course of time, uh, we forget uh, the goodness of God. Uh, we forget the blessings. We forget the commands of God, the promises of God, uh, our promises that we make to him. And that's where Jacob was. He had made some vows uh, to God at Bethel. And now 30 years have passed, and God's, God's calling, is, calling him out on it. Uh, but you can't be halfway in and halfway out. Uh, this, again, the I'll do it my way, halfway obedience destroyed his family. And it will destroy yours. See, what happened uh, with them? What was Bethel all about? Uh, and uh, we know that uh, it was a geographical location, obviously, in the city of Luz, where Jacob had spent an incredible night. We read about that uh, in chapter number 28. Uh, about uh, where he got there. He was fleeing from his brother because he's a trickster and, uh, and uh, all this, the, the stealing, the birthright. He was a deceiver, running for his life, uh, and he found himself in this place, uh, and, uh, and he went to sleep on a rock, didn't have a pillow to lay his head, uh, and God revealed himself to him that night, and he realized that God was in that place. Uh, that's, what he, that's where God was telling him to get back. And, and if you, by way of analogy, can kind of think in your mind, uh, the goal of this message is to get you back to the place uh, where, like the psalmist said, Re- restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Uh, to get you back to that, uh, that place in your heart and in your mind where you worship God with a heart that is right with God. Uh, and, and by the way, and also worshiping Him, in the way that he wants to be worshipped. But uh, Esau was angry with him, threatened to kill him in chapter number 27. And, uh, and, but sin, uh, the deception, drove Jacob from his home, from his family. Uh, and let me say this, sin will, will not let you stay put. Sin always drives uh, people away from, uh, from their homes, their friends, their joy, peace. We have many examples in the Bible. Adam and Eve were driven out of the garden. Uh, the prodigal son left his home because he wanted to live uh, in a life of sin. Peter sinned and uh, denied the Lord and, uh, and just on and on and on. Uh, we find uh, that sin has an impact on, on ourselves and those around us. But uh, Bethel was a place of great victory for Jacob. Uh, he came upon this place while uh, he was on the run, but God met with him and affirmed his covenant with him and the promise of his presence and his protection, his provision. Uh, we need to be right where God wants us to be uh, in order for, uh, for uh, his uh, pr- presence, protection, and provision uh, to, to be uh, prevalent in our life. Uh, we get out of uh, that, uh, I guess, umbrella, uh, if you will, of protection for God. Uh, and, uh, and when we do that, bad things happen. So uh, he, uh, was, this was a place of victory for him. God affirmed his covenant. We read about that in Genesis chapter number 28. I'm giving you the background uh, because it gets us right to the nuts and bolts of the verses that we read a moment ago. And so um, it was a place of spiritual commitment uh, for Jacob. Uh, he named the place Bethel, which means house of God, and he made some promises uh, to God there. He promised God uh, that, uh, that the Lord shall be his God. And by the way, when you got born again, when you received Jesus Christ, you received him as your Lord and Savior. He's Lord of your life. He's in charge. He has, uh, should have the preeminence in everything. Uh, his way, his will, his word, uh, number one priority in our life over every other thing, 
uh, that is going on. Uh, We live busy lives. All of us do. Uh, But God needs to be uh, in His rightful place in our heart and life. So we promised uh, to remember the place as God's house where God had met with Him. He set up a stone for a memorial. uh, And uh, He promised, uh, by the way, He promised to tithe on all of his, all of his blessings going forward. And, uh, and, and uh, I'll just throw this out there for you. Uh, I want you to think about that. Uh, some people say, well, tithing was under the law. Uh, this commitment to give a tithe to the Lord predated the law by a long ways. All right. Uh, it was a principle, a biblical principle that's taught throughout Scripture, and it's not tied to the law, and it's not done away with uh, under grace. In fact, under grace, uh, we should probably do more. Uh, than uh, what uh, those who were required to do under the law. But what did it mean for Jacob to go back uh, to there? Um, uh, It meant a lot. Uh, And uh, as uh, I talked about the difficulties and the struggles that uh, his halfway in, halfway out um, led to, and the results of that were catastrophic. Uh, We can read in chapter numbers 33 and 34 much about that, uh, but uh, kind of in a nutshell, uh, his... uh, um, halfway in the world and halfway uh, in heaven kind of life, the choice that he had made to not be at God's place of promise where God had blessed, but to pitch his tents toward the world uh, and, uh, and to live there and try to, uh, try to serve God uh, in Shechem. Uh, it didn't work out what took place. Well, uh, we have the desolation of his daughter Dinah. We read about that in chapter number, uh, chapter number 34 where uh, Shechem uh, and uh, send a, uh, his father Hamar said, get this damsel for me to wife. He violated her uh, in the most terrible way. Uh, and, uh, and it wouldn't have happened if he would have been uh, where he was supposed to be. Uh, I think about uh, the desecration of Israel's most holy sign, that of the circumcision, what took place. Well, after Dinah uh, was assaulted, uh, and, de- and, and desecrated, uh, they um, put out a decree and stuff, whatever, about, uh, about those getting circumcised. And so all the people of Shechem uh, got circumcised. All the men were sore uh, and resting. And so Simeon and Levi uh, went into Shechem and killed every man uh, for what they had done to their sister. So it led to the desolation of Dinah, uh, the desecration of the circumcision, uh, the massacre uh, of uh, the, uh, the people of Shechem, the men went in there and killed everybody. Uh, and, uh, and then also it led to the uh, degradation of his own children. In fact, the Bible says in chapter number 34, verse number 30, it says, And Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have troubled me to make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Uh, and I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I uh, and, my, uh, and my house. And, and like uh, uh, good uh, teenage fashion, uh, their response was, and they said, Behold, uh, you know, uh, should he deal with our sister as with an harlot? They had just gone out and killed every man tricked them into getting circumcised, and while they were recovering, went in there, the two of them killed every single one of them. Uh, And when their dad said, what you've done uh, has caused uh, us us to be a stink and a stench in the nostrils of everybody around, they're like, well, what, you know, basically they're saying, well, they shouldn't have done what they did and treated our sister uh, as an harlot. Uh, And so uh, all that to say, being halfway in uh, is always uh, going to result 
in that kind of stuff in Jacob's life, but also in our life. And if we wanted to, we could spend time giving testimonies uh, of how when we weren't right with God, when we weren't walking with God, uh, what the consequences of those are. A lot of times that's just the fruit of our own way and it's the consequences of our sin. Uh, But God, uh, we learn a lot of lessons uh, when we're not walking with God uh, the way that we should. And so a lot of terrible things had taken place uh, in the life of Jacob uh, in Israel. So what did it mean? Well, it meant, number one, that if he was to go back to Bethel, uh, he needed to put away his idols. Uh, we read about that in chapter number 35. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that thou appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from thy face of Esau thy brother. Uh, see, God has a good way of reminding us about the good things that he's done in our life. Uh, and he was reminding Jacob, and Jacob said unto his household, he said, Put away, and uh, uh, to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you. Um, in the amount of time the years that he had been uh, there in that area, uh, he had built altars uh, to God, but he also tolerated false worship of idols, uh, primarily because of the people of the land where he's at. And, uh, and we see that in religion today. We see that in, in Baptist, any kind of church, Baptist churches, you name it. Uh, we always want to give uh, the world a little bit of what the world wants in order to keep them engaged uh, in church. Uh, and, uh, and it never works out. It never did then, it never will now, and it's not going to in the future. Uh, you cannot mix the holy with the profane, uh, and God bless it. Uh, and, uh, and that's what they had done. Uh, God has, you know, uh, he says, Thou shalt not, shall have no other gods before me. God is a jealous God. And anything that we put uh, in, uh, in front of God that we love more than God is an idol in our life. Uh, it, could be, it could be your career, it could be your family, it could be anything. Uh, it, you say, I love my wife and I love my kids. You shouldn't love them more than you love God. And if you do, you've got to somehow reconcile that in your mind. Your love for God needs to be cultivated and developed uh, so that you get to a place where God uh, is, uh, is first and foremost the greatest love uh, of your life. And when He is, uh, you're on your way uh, to some great things uh, that God can do. And so uh, he had set up false worship uh, and uh, he had developed, if you will, for sake of analogy, a philosophy of worship that embraced the world uh, while trying to maintain a relationship with God. God put it elsewhere in the Bible uh, that uh, uh, their, with their lips they uh, worshiped him, but their heart was far from him. Uh, they tried a little bit of God and a little bit of Baal. Uh, they had a little bit of, uh, of worship the way that God wanted, but they would import, just like I talked about this last week, import from different places, all this different stuff. And it was a stench uh, in the nostrils of God. It was sacrifice that he said was a, an abomination to him. Uh, their, uh, their, uh, their service to God was done in vain, uh, and God had nothing uh, to do with it. And it didn't work for Jacob. And it won't work for the New Testament church in 2021. And all of God's people said, amen. So he had to put away his idols. But then he had to clean up and make a change. You say, what does that mean? Well, it's, that's what repentance is all about. If we are to kind of connect it to where that we're at. Too many Christians want to get near to God without cleansing themselves 
from the filth of the world. Now, we can't get into it, but I remember I said, God hasn't changed. Do you agree? Say amen. He's a mutable God. Uh, and uh, you can go all the way through your Bible uh, and, uh, and see uh, the importance that God laid upon His people in how they worshiped, what they did in their worship, and how they presented themselves uh, to Him in worship. Uh, you didn't go before a, 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 a worldly king uh, without first bathing and changing your garments, and then you would go into uh, the presence of the king. All the way through uh, the Word of God, uh, we have that principle uh, both for God Himself uh, and uh, everything was down to the detail. What the priests wore uh, from head to toe, uh, when they could go in there, how they would clean, cleanse themselves, whatever, and they wore bells uh, attached to them. They'd go in, and if they were unclean uh, before the presence of God, those bells would stop ringing, and somebody dragged their dead carcass uh, out of the Holy of Holies. Uh, but what we do in 2021 is live for self and live in sin. Uh, we go to the throne of grace, dirty and filthy, time and time and time again, and we treat God irreverently. It's not about just putting on your Sunday best and going to church, which there's a part of all of that in the Bible uh, that I think is important because God never changes. Uh, but, but, but more importantly than what you wear to church, your heart and how you worship God and how you approach Him, both in, in corporate worship and in private worship, needs to be done uh, with reverence and humility. Um, God loves you, uh, and, uh, and He loves you the way you are, but He doesn't want you to remain that way. He wants you to make the changes uh, and that you need to make in your life uh, to draw closer to Him. Uh, and because we can't, God can't look on sin. He can't, our fellowship gets broken, uh, and we can be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, but be so caught up uh, in, uh, in this halfway, uh, I'll do it my way religion, uh, that we just don't have communion with him uh, in our life. And so uh, he uh, had, the Bible says here, he says, put away your strange gods in verse number two that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Uh, and uh, so God uh, had established that and says, you need to lead your family back. His family uh, had followed his lead before. Uh, his sons um, had become deceptive and murderous, Simeon and Levi. Um, you know, monkey see, monkey do, right? Uh, that's, uh, that's all. His wives were involved in idolatry. Every step away from God that Jacob took, his family took those steps with him. So now it's time uh, to get back to God uh, and to take his family. And so uh, he, uh, he says to them, uh, you need to uh, put away your gods, get cleaned up, uh, change your clothes, uh, and arise and go to Bethel. So what does that mean for us? I mean, this is a story about Jacob and his family and where he was at and where he messed up and, and how God is getting him back to the place where he needs to be. Uh, but it means for us, by way of application, that we too also need to get back to Bethel. We need to get back to our first love. Notice again what it says in verse 3. It says, And let me arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God. Notice what it says, Who answered me in the day of my distress. Now we know what Jacob, as he was running away from his brother, in, in, in all his own fault, we can blame his mom a little bit. 
uh, and uh, in the plans and all the different stuff, and, and things were important. I mean, uh, it's just like today, if there was, we had birthrights and different stuff, we have wills and probate courts or whatever, and, uh, and, uh, and so if you've got a couple of kids that are alive and one schemes you and whatever, while you're, and you've already promised them in your will that they get everything, you can just go in there and change that. Uh, while you're still with it, and, uh, and let, nope, we're taking Johnny right out of the will. Uh, he's a schemer, a deceiver, and he tried tricking me uh, to get it all. You're done. You're out of the will. But back then, when you did that, when you made a promise, you kept it. And when you gave that birthright uh, and those blessings to someone else, and you just bless, you see it time and time again. You say, hey, well, where's my blessing? Hey, I've already given it, and, and we can't wrap our heads around it uh, because uh, of, of our culture, but it was different. Uh, and uh, for them. So um, we think about getting back to our first love. The Lord rebuked the church at Ephesus because they had left uh, their first love. We read about that in the book of Revelation. And uh, I've talked about the joy and excitement that you had when you first got saved and became a new Christian, the desire that you had to be in uh, the Bible and uh, in, the, in God's house around God's people. I just, I just love being at church. I love being around God's people. I couldn't get enough of it. Sunday, uh, when I was a teenager, Sunday night uh, after church, um, uh, most of us would go over to uh, the school and we'd play volleyball uh, and play basketball uh, until late in the evening on Sunday. And uh, we'd been with each other all day and, uh, at church and uh, all night after church. Uh, and there was just something about it. I loved it. I loved everything about it. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, but there's been times since then uh, over the course of time where I haven't had that same, I guess, excitement about being around other Christians. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times preachers kid about it. Uh, there's a saying that says every preacher quits on Monday morning. Uh, having gone through what they'd done and labored in the Word of God and maybe expectations weren't met and the attendance wasn't what it needs to be or, uh, and, uh, and on and on. There's all these just different measures. We uh, have to deal with things and whatnot and, uh, and you pour your heart and you pray and, uh, and you do that and, uh, and people sleep through it and uh, have you know, uh, you know, nothing good to say about it. People fighting, things happening uh, and, and Monday morning comes around and, and there's a lot of preachers that just go, you know what, I'm just going to go sell insurance. And get out of the out of the church business, and uh, and that's how we get. There's been times where it's kind of like you know uh, they'll say the ministry would be great if it wasn't for the people, but the people are the ministry. Are you following me? I'm I'm just saying. There's some days I don't like you. Okay, there's probably more days you don't like me than days that I don't like you. Uh, but uh, but that's just, that's with everybody, uh, and uh, and so so I'm I'm constantly. Uh, in my own heart, in my own spirit, um, thinking back to, hey, there was a time where I couldn't get enough of God's people. And, and, if, I, and, and if I'm in a place where I don't want that right now, uh, it has, there's something wrong with me. It's not wrong with God. God hasn't changed. It's the same Holy Spirit uh, at Berean Baptist Church in May of 2021 as there was in Twin Ports Baptist Church in 1987. Same God, same Holy Spirit. Um, the only thing that has changed is time and culture. We have more distractions, more worldliness. Everything, by the way, that my preacher preached against and said was going to happen uh, in the late 80s and early 90s has come to, come to happen. And would to God we would have just not been rebellious and listened and been on fire for God through the 90s and through the uh, 2000s. Uh, we wouldn't be in the mess that we are today uh, if we would just been salt and light like God had called us to be. 
But you think back, if you were in an independent fundamental Baptist church uh, in the 70s and 80s, uh, and your pastor ripped faces off and preached against everything and said, it's a slippery slope, and if you do this, these things are going to happen, and you know full well all of those things have happened. And we're to blame for it. Uh, because we, we don't stand up, we don't say things, we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Uh, we're standing up for truth, and I've got to hurry. We've got to get back to uh, our first love. That's what it meant for him. That, what, that's what it means for us. And how do we do that? It means putting away our idols. It means not fooling yourself uh, that you can serve God and mammon and, uh, and uh, your job, your family, your material possessions, all those things, where your priorities uh, are in your life uh, speaks volumes of what the idols are uh, in your life. Uh, and, uh, and we need to get back into active service uh, for the Lord. There's no, uh, there's no stopping place for the child of God from the day you get saved to the day you stand before uh, the Lord. You need to serve Him. You might retire uh, from your occupation, uh, but you never retire from serving the Lord. And, uh, and there are too many uh, uh, used to bins and, and should be nows in the church. Uh, and, uh, and God didn't save us to sit. He saved us to serve, and we need to get back to Bethel. When I got saved in 1987, I'm like, I was like 14. I'm like, I want to, you know, let me teach a Sunday school class. I mean, fresh, green as green could be. Uh, and Pastor Scarberry let me go in uh, and, uh, uh, well, I guess be two years later uh, in helping uh, teach a uh, boys' Sunday school class uh, or preach and watch night services and and stuff like that. I just wanted that. I couldn't, I couldn't do enough. I couldn't go. I remember going soul winning uh, for my first time and, uh, and, uh, and having a Bible. I remember getting uh, my first study Bible. It was, ex- it was all exciting. Um, but there's been times since then uh, where maybe it's not as exciting, not as much. And God hasn't, God hasn't changed. God, I have changed. You have changed. So I said I was going to lay it on thick about Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and here, here it goes. Um, my challenge for you this week uh, is to think about what it was like for you when you first got born again, how you felt, um, how much you loved the Bible, how much you loved going to church, excited about it, telling people about Jesus. And that's really what, uh, you know, uh, churches, the church isn't here uh, for us to just educate the lost world about religion. Uh, it's, about, it's about teaching you uh, to win other people to Christ and then discipling them to do, do the same thing. It's an equipping ministry. You don't, you don't come to be entertained. You, don't, uh, you, 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 you come to learn how you can be a better Christian, how you can worship God properly, and how you can win people to Christ. Uh, and, uh, and get them involved in, in your church and uh, see them baptized and taught. That's what, what church is all about. And, uh, and at one point in your Christian life, that year, man, that was great. Got, passing out tracts, telling people at work, and at somewhere along the line, maybe, maybe you got too many no's, too many rolled eyeballs, whatever it was, but you just don't do it like you used to do it. So we have a revival meeting scheduled Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Here's what I want you to do. Just like, I want you to get back to that place. Uh, you know, it'd be great if our church name was Bethel because it would fit really good. Uh, but it's Berean Baptist Church. But we need to get back to the place of God's blessings, the place where we made promises to God that we're not keeping, the place where God blessed and showed His presence, our communion with God, and get back to the place. So how do you do that? You put away your idols. 
Um, if I said, when I said earlier, um, there's no game, there's no, there's no field, there's no whatever, and there's nothing more important on Friday and Saturday than you being in the house of God for God to speak to you. Um, this is a body fitly joined together. Uh, as God leads me and directs me and I ask for this preacher to come and to preach the word of God, he has something that you need. And you will miss it if you're not here. And if you're not here, all you're saying is there was something else more important uh, than, than church uh, and, and God. You say, that's not, that's not fair, Pastor. I got this and I got that or whatever. Uh, if you're not physically, providentially hindered with sickness or, or you got to work your job, you're a shift worker and you got to be in work on Friday and Saturday, um, I get it, uh, you're excused. Uh, but, there's, but nobody else is. I wish I could say, if you're a member of Brian Baptist Church, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is a mandatory meeting. I wish I could do that. It's just, it's mandatory. Uh, and, uh, and so, but you know, there's been many things in your life uh, where someone, maybe your boss, hey, the Christmas party is mandatory. And you're like, whatever, I'll go since it's mandatory. Uh, and you'll go, I wish it. So can we pretend just for a second that, that I can say stuff like that uh, and just say, if you're a member of Brian Baptist Church, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is mandatory. <laughs> Come on out. Why? It's important. But what do you do? Put away the idols. You clean up. You change your clothes. And you, and you get to Bethel, the house of God, and let God meet, meet with you there. And I'll say more about the results of that in Jacob's life. Uh, but doing it his way, not at the house of God, that altar. And, uh, and God, by the way, told him, nobody had been told to build an altar uh, until Jacob uh, in that way. Uh, and, uh, and he just off for 30 years, lollygagging, and his, and his family was destroyed because of it. And uh, you think in those 30 years or whatever, up until the time that this happened with Dinah and, and just the wheels coming off, uh, that they didn't have times of, I mean, they had sheep and oxen and blessings and, uh, and on and on and on and on. Just because you're in the world and seems like you're blessed, don't let that fool you. Um, it's, a, it's a facade. Because at one point, uh, if you're a child of God, you can't stay backslidden. God won't let you. The Holy Spirit of God will bring conviction. Uh, that's why I don't think, you know, I, yeah, I, mean, I, was, I got saved in, in 1995 and, uh, and, uh, and I just got out in the world and I haven't been in church for the last whatever many years and, uh, and I've just been backslidden. No, man, you're probably lost. Because, because I, I honestly can't skip a Sunday without the Holy Spirit of God whooping me. Can you imagine missing a month a year, a decade of Sundays? And not walking, I don't got to go to church to worship God, Pastor. Uh, and, uh, and you know what? I've heard it all. And you don't, but you need to. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's why God has established and His church is important to Him. And so, you, so whatever it is, you say, okay, I'd be here Friday or Saturday, but for, put it away. It's an idol. And, uh, and just do it Friday and Saturday, Sunday. I'm not even asking you to do it beyond, beyond that. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so you could be in the, in the place, a blessing, uh, in the house of God, 
so that God can help you. And by the way, uh, I will give you a little preview. Let's look, read down, and I'm almost done. I'll just read this one verse, verse number 11, chapter number 35. Uh, and so he says, then God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Um, when, when he went back to Bethel, this was the first time God said that in his word, by the way. He says he had revealed, not only is he, he's, he's, he revealed to Jacob, uh, his, uh, his knowledge of God increased. The presence of God, who He is in His life, uh, was was made more. Uh, he was made more aware of it. Was more tangible. See, the reason uh, that we're not as close to God as we are is because we've not drawn close to God. Because He says, if we draw nigh unto Him, He'll draw nigh unto us. If you're far from God, it's because you choose to be. Because if you get close to Him, you can be close to Him. And when and when He when they when they put away their idols took a bath, changed their clothes, and went to the house of God. God did something. You say, that's a pretty kind of straightforward analogy in, in, in that respect, but that's what it did. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of, uh, you, just didn't, you just didn't go, uh, uh, go to God uh, in with, 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 with everything, with all your worldliness uh, on display. God would be like, whoa. And, he, and that, that principle is always there. And again, God never changes. It's, it's 2021, uh, and we can go to church in our pajamas. And because uh, we want to be comfortable. But do you ever think that maybe you have a casual relationship with God? Because you approach your relationship with God casually? Could be. And by the way, if somebody comes to church in their pajamas, we're going to love them and be their friend invite them. We're going to act like we don't notice that they're in their pajamas. <laughs> you know, we're just going to, and, and uh, whatever. And I've said, if the devil shows up at Brian Baptist Church, uh, he is going to get a handshake, a greeting, uh, a place to see, shown where the coffee is. But when we find out that he's the devil, we're going to run him out. But until we find out, um, we're going to show him hospitality. But what I'm saying is, um, there could be a connection between our lackadaisical, halfway in, halfway out, casual approach to God and why, and why we don't know him. You say, I wish I knew God like sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. How, how do they know God? Same God that you can know. How come they're closer to God than you are? They just put the work in. Put the effort. They, they want to have a relationship with God. Uh, and that translates into uh, many things. So we've been talking about the importance of getting back to God this morning. But perhaps you're today, uh, you're here today, uh, and you've never met the Lord personally. You can today. God loves you uh, and desires to be your Lord and Savior. Uh, and, uh, and so in a moment when we pray, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I hope that the Holy Spirit of God nudges you, and you realize that you need Him today, uh, and that you pray and ask God to forgive you and to save you. Uh, and, uh, but this message is primarily for those who are part of this church uh, who name the name of Jesus, uh, who say that they belong to him, uh, and uh, in a challenge to say you need to get back uh, to where uh, you need to be. Uh, you need to get back to Bethel, just like Jacob did. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. And, and as I said a moment ago, if you're here today and, uh, and you're not saved, I hope that you get saved. Let me ask it this way. Um, you say, uh, Pastor Reno, uh, I've heard the message, and, uh, and God's revealed to me that 
I'm not one of his. He's not, he, he's not my Lord because he's not my Savior. And, and the Holy Spirit of God has revealed that to me. And you say, Pastor, if I was to die today, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Uh, and I've never placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, and I would like to today. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. You say, I'd like to. Would you pray for me? And just raise your hand up where you're at and just say, I'm not saved. I know I'm not. And, uh, and I need to become a Christian. I need to accept Christ as my Savior today. Is there anybody like that? Say, I'm not born again, but I would like to be today. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. not going to embarrass you. You would just raise your hand up where you are uh, and then put it right back down. I'm not saved, uh, but I would like to be anybody at all. All right, Christian, uh, I've laid out the challenge. You say, if I'm not here Friday, Saturday, you're going to think, you're going to think ill of me. I'm not. I'm going to love you and I'm going to pray for you. I'll be disappointed and as I, as I always am for those types of meetings and because I want you to be helped. And I know that Brother Getch is a man of God uh, who, who walks with God. Uh, and, uh, and, he, and by the way, in a way that's a hundred times closer than my walk with God. Uh, and I would much rather you hear him than hear me. 